the stove isn't hot, okay, but it's like lukewarm. It's like a it's like a mild temperatured stove at the moment. Okay, we do got some stuff to talk about. Scott Harris spoke to the media. We're gonna break down everything he said, what to expect, kind of a little peek behind the curtain, not a big one, but a little bit on what to expect this offseason, and then uh, some more roster moves. Actually, somebody, two players we just talked about a few days ago, now no longer on the 40-man, one no longer with the organization. Uh, We're going to talk about it. Uh, A a slew of offseason happenings already going on today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Thursday, November 10th, 2022. Thank you so much for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Okay, so as we said in the cold open, we got some things to go over. Uh, First and foremost, Scott Harris spoke to the media. If you listened to yesterday's show, you know that he spoke to the media actually more so on uh, on Tuesday night, and uh, but but with the election and everything that I had to do for work, I was incapable of putting that in yesterday's show. So it's in today's show. Okay, cool. Uh, So he did speak. GM meetings are going on in Las Vegas. Uh, We did have a trade at the time of this recording. I'm recording this on Wednesday night. And I did say it was Thursday, right? Yeah, I did. I totally got the day right. We're chilling. Um, It was uh, Colby Allard back to Atlanta. If you don't know, Colby Allard's career should should have a a documentary after it. What a what a wild career that like no one really talks about. He went from a top fifty prospect in all of baseball. He he was the dude like if you played MLB the show, he was like one of the A potential pitchers. But um, he was really highly regarded, really high up. Like I said, top fifty in all of baseball at one point. Made his major league debut at 20 years old for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, and then kind of just was never really able to find his footing. Traded to Texas for, I think it was like Chris Martin. Like not a very big like return by any stretch either. And everybody was like, whoa, okay. Giving up kind of early. And then he never really did anything great in Texas. I think he has a career ERA of over five. And then now he's back in Atlanta. And they trade him back. <laughs> For uh, for Jake Odorizzi, like just a, a, a roller coaster of, of a career. But so there is some moves happening, but most of the offseason moves happen during winter meetings and not during the GM meetings. The GM meetings is more so of a, I don't know, you like groundwork on things or really, to be completely honest with you, the biggest thing that comes out of GM meetings every year is just Scott Boris quotes. Like, that's really, if we're just going to be completely honest with ourselves, that's really, I don't think that's what they're for, but, like, that might be what they're for. He just, he he stays up all night. He's like a rapper. Like, he stays up all night and he writes these crazy rhymes for all of his, um, his clients. 
And then he just goes out there, Carlos Correa, the Dior of defense. Like, <laughs> like he has to have alliteration with all of his clients and like how good they are. And everybody wants to, to have a Scott Boris client and everything. Like, that's really the, the biggest thing. But they're they're big for the Tigers because this is Scott Harris's first anything. It's not only his first test. It's not only – it's literally just the first time we see him make literally any moves. So, cool to see uh, and, and something fun to keep an eye on for it. They end, I believe, today as you're listening to this. I think they were the 8th through the 10th. So, I believe they, they end today. But free agency will start as they finish. So, that's kind of a cool thing. We talked about Wilson Contreras and really just the entire catcher situation with the Tigers yesterday. And Scott Harris was asked about Wilson Contreras because that's, you know, that's what reporters do. That's that's what the media does. And he basically gave a really GM speak answer where he was like, I- I'm not going to talk about what we are, our talkings and communications with Contreras have been, but we're looking to upgrade everywhere and be a better baseball team. And catcher is certainly something that we're okay improving it. So that's that's really all I got out of that. First and f- not foremost, first off, uh, medical update. A lot of people are good, which is good, right? No matter what happens with all these dudes going forward, we know for a fact that we have a ton of players. I've explained this before, but really quickly – uh, there, by the end of this week, there will be no 60 man IL. You have to have assume health. There's no IL during the beginning of the off season. There's no injured list and you have to assume health for everyone and put together a 40 man roster before you can put them back on the IL. Even with the moves today that we will get to later, we still have 35 people on the 40-man and like 10 people on the IL. There's still a lot of, of not cuts necessarily, but moves that need to be made to clear up space on the 40-man roster. Um, but it, it appears that a, a vast majority of these dudes are progressing very well. Bo Brisky, symptom-free. Kerry Carpenter uh, taking a good step. Willie Castro, symptom-free. Um who else? Joe Jimenez uh, is improving on core strength, and then he will start throwing. They said he'll be fine by spring training. Austin Meadows, symptom-free for the Achilles thing is great news. Um, Matt Manning, symptom-free. Fantastic news. Spencer Turnbull, symptom-free in November. That means he can have a regular off-season throwing program like nothing was ever wrong. And not even have to like ease, he's been easing back into it the last few months. And now he's at a point where it's just a normal throwing program. That's fantastic news. He should be more than ready to go by spring. Um, Tarek Skubal working on grip and then working, and then we'll eventually move to uh, bulking up again. Jake Rogers throwing progression. I don't want to just read down a list here, but. The, the really the, the big thing is a, a lot of these dudes seem to be progressing well and there was nobody for the first time in what seems to be a calendar year there was nobody on the injury report report that came out and was like hey they took a step back there was no step backs and I know that that's easy when you don't play games it's a lot easier to hide if there is a step back but it I, I don't even care it's nice to hear it's nice to to 
have an injury update that doesn't involve two to four players taking massive step backs and getting pushed down the line. Because that's what this entire season was. And a lot of players that are on the 60-day IL are already symptom-free in early November. Nice to hear regardless of anything. I, I don't care. I'll, I'll take it. Maybe I'm gullible. I don't care. I'll, I'll gladly take it. It's nice to hear. Um, okay. So that's really it for the the injury front of things. It was just nice to get an update. And, and as I said, it was nice to hear how everybody individually was doing. They released a statement. You can go find the, the full list on Twitter. Uh, it, it is out there just like a PR statement kind of thing on everybody's current situation. Uh, okay, let's get into the Scott Harris interview itself and talk about the substance of what he said because there's quite a lot to go over, to be honest with you. There's there's some really intriguing quotes in here, and I, I just I love how his brain works so far, and I, and I really want to break it down. So we will get into that right after I tell y'all about our friends over at Simply Safe. If you've thought about securing your home with home security, but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, Locked On Tigers listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. I love Simply Safe. And For a plethora of reasons. First off, in an emergency, they have 24-7 professional monitoring agents that use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify if the threat is real so you can prioritize, so you can get priority police response. It's an awesome feature. It's really an all-around just an awesome product. They have sensors they put all over your home. They can detect fire they can detect flooding etc it really is just all around a fantastic product their professional monitoring services cost less than a dollar a day that's less than half the price of adt's traditional professional installed systems it's the top you can get the top rated simply safe app you can stay in complete control of your system anytime anywhere arm or disarm unlocked for a guest Access your cameras or adjust the settings. You can do it all from your phone. It is really the best out there. So don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. You can get 50% off of any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. This is their biggest discount of the year. 50% off the entire system. That's crazy. Okay. So don't wait. This simplysafe.com slash lockdown MLB. There's no safe like simply safe. What is up, everybody? Welcome back. Segment two here, Lockdown Tigers. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. For your second listen, check on the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with our local experts and insights only that Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, it's available on the app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Okay, let's talk about this uh, this Scott Harris media sesh, okay? There's a lot to go over here, I think. First and foremost, this one really is and foremost, um, just because of the controversy that will ensue after making the comment um Javi Baez will be the opening day shortstop in 2023 that's what year it is next year is 2023 for sure um 
Scott Harris basically came out and said he believes Javi Baez's defensive struggles in 2022 were, quote, an anomaly. Says, we've talked to Javi about it. He's pretty motivated this offseason to get back to being one of the elite defensive shortstops in baseball. Um, nice to hear, for sure. But that one's not one that I can just go, oh, it's nice to hear, and then ignore it. That's one that you're going to have to prove it. And we talked about this when we broke down Javi. We did our deep dive on Javi a few days ago. Was that earlier this week? I think it was. Um, th- this... Look, we, we always knew it was a possibility. That's what you signed him to be. So, like, it, I, I never thought it was likely he was moving to second, I guess is my point. I never thought that that was the, the clubhouse favorite. I never thought the odds were, were favoring Javi getting moved to second. And I don't think that it's impossible to for him to do that, to do what he said. I, I think it's – I don't want to say likely, but it's definitely not super unlikely either. This is year one of a, of a pretty long-term commitment, barring an opt-out after 2023. And so we're, we're a far way away from being like, oh, this completely failed, and this is a terrible contract, and this isn't going to work as long as he's on the books. We're so far away from that. Um, he certainly had a lot of struggles. It was brutal. It was brutal. It was unbelievably disappointing. I completely agree. And we talked about this a lot again when we did our our breakdown of Javi. Um, but he still has the range. He still has the athleticism. He still has the ability to make amazing plays. And it's really just the throwing errors. It's not like he's booting the ball around all over the infield. He's got great range still. So... Uh, do I believe that that's going to happen? I don't know. I hope so. Certainly we all do. I'm sure. But I, I'm not holding my breath either, either way. I, 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 this is what I expected to happen. This is not a shock to me. This is not something that I, that I have to adjust my mindset to for the rest of the off season. I don't have to go, Oh crap. Well, this changes everything. Javi's going to stay at short, not move to second. I never thought that was likely it was possible, but never likely. So this is just really okay. Business as usual, I guess we have a lot of holes on this team, a ton, a ton of holes offensively, especially on this team. Javi, all, all he has to do defensively is just have less throwing errors. And then offensively, we talked about in the breakdown as well, if he gets the power back and all the other numbers stay the exact same, you're talking about a much different player as well. And I'm not saying that's easy to just overnight get better at those things either. That's certainly something he has to put in work for. But not impossible. We've seen him do it year in and year out. Okay, so Javi Baez will be the shortstop, it sounds like, on opening day of 2023. A lot of other cool stuff to talk about, though. Uh, So we'll move on from that. I think the most fascinating thing to me was when he talked about position-specific needs. He said, we could use another left-handed bat in the infield and a right-handed outfielder. Now, what you have to know about Scott Harris is that when he was in San Francisco, 
he especially in 2021 is like when it it really kind of caught wind and, and the media started talking about it a little bit but when he was in San Francisco he did a really really I don't want to say groundbreaking like I, I don't want to make it and, and who knows who the who the brainchild was behind the entire thing but the Giants I'll, I'll just put it that way not necessarily that Scott Harris did it but the Giants did a thing where a righty lefty was super important to them for matchups against opposing pitchers and they would evaluate bat path and the plane of your swing okay and they would evaluate it and then based on the opposing pitcher that's how they would determine their lineup every day was okay this is this pitcher's stuff this is where he's going to throw majority of his pitches or whatnot this is how his pitches move and we are going to formulate our lineup based on the players whose bat path and bat plane can most give us success against this pitcher's stuff and, and location, which is a fascinating concept. And they won 109 games, 107 games. So like even, and I know this season, they they were not nearly as good and didn't even make the postseason. And, and everybody views it as a one-off thing. They won over a hundred games. <laughs> okay. One-off season or not, I don't care. Clearly, it worked a little bit. And it's just fascinating to then hear him say, you know, he, he didn't go into the, the he didn't dissect the, the, the bat paths of available players out there, but left-handed infielder and right-handed outfielder. Looking at the outfield for this team currently, it is objectively like all lefties especially now that Daz is gone, which we'll get to in the third segment. It's all Meadows, Green, Badu. Victor Reyes is a switch hitter. Who knows what his future is? It's all lefties, dog, right? So I think that that makes sense. And, And the fortunate thing about that is that there are way more righties than lefties, right? So you have in theory a much bigger pool it's it's a lot more it's a lot easier to need right-handed hitting than left-handed hitting is my point it's a lot easier to look around and go we need to add a righty to this lineup than it is we need to find a lefty and then a lot of lefties are even more so just like platoon guys like that was a really popular thing for like a decade and it's kind of uh, it's still like kind of a thing and the giants did a lot of platooning as well so it, it, it's cool to hear. I'm totally down with it. And I think, honestly, I don't know. I guess it kind of depends on your opinion of Akil Badu, on what your opinion of how prevalent this mysterious right-handed outfielder should be in the lineup. Is this a everyday player? Is this a, a prominent everyday corner outfielder or even center fielder like we've talked about before? Or is this more of a platoon for Badu and like Meadows and Green will play every day and then this guy will be, or is it just, we have to evaluate the market and whichever one of those two we end up with is what we'll end up with. I don't know the answer, obviously we will see, but it's kind of exciting just to hear him talk about it in that regard. Um, because, because I, I 
follow that logic. I subscribe to that. So then on the flip side, he also said a left-handed infielder, which kind of ties into another comment he made a little bit later. Uh, and, and we'll get into all of that. We'll keep keep the train rolling right after this. Okay. Hello. Third and final segment. Locked on Tigers. Uh, so you already can tell just based on what Scott Harris is saying. We're just jumping back into it, by the way. Um, you can already kind of tell that he's going to play a lot more matchup ball like he did in San Francisco, like the Giants did, which is great. I, I love that. Give yourself the best chance to win every single game. I don't care if you have to platoon nine spots. I don't care. I want a winning team. <laughs> and if that's what leads to that, then then let's do it. Uh, we, we've been archaic in that in, a, in the front office during the Avila era. So it's a nice change of pace. Even if you don't think it'll work or you think it's absurd or stupid or whatever, let's at least give it a try because it's different, eh? Why not? Okay. So uh, left-handed infielder. I, I think that that's fascinating for two reasons. One, it makes sense currently because Eric Haas – righty Jake Rogers righty Spencer Torgelson righty scope righty Baez righty candy switch hitter okay now scope iffy for next season Baez definitely here next season Haas here next season Rogers will be on the 40 man but where will he play in the organization don't know candy heavily iffy next season like legitimate chance we're talking we have an episode you know, by the end of this week or beginning of next week where, where we talk about Candy leaving, that's a legitimate possibility. Uh, and then Torkelson, that's where it gets super fascinating to me. So you do have an infield of all righties. I understand you want a lefty infielder, not a specific position, but a lefty infielder. That's why, again, I go back to players like Brandon Drury who can play multiple positions. And I know righty-lefty, my, I'm just talking about versatility, not the righty-lefty part of it. But I, I think that the, the the versatility in which he talks about infielders and outfielders and not, oh, I want a lefty first baseman or I want a lefty second base, whatever, right? Uh, I think it's it's he's a big versatility. And we already know A.J. Hinch is. A.J. Hinch, we, we've had players on the show and talk about how they meet A.J. Hinch, and one of the first things he says is learn how to play other positions. Like, we know that that's A.J.'s favorite thing. So I think Scott Harris subscribes to that, too, and that's why we're getting more generalized positional groups than specifics. And with matchups, again, we just went around the horn. You need a lefty. I think then tying that into the first base discussion is fascinating because he made comments about first base and essentially he said long term we are not concerned with first base and Spencer Torgelson we think is a long-term option at first base this season specifically however he said we could look at well I don't want to put words in his mouth it was a lot of GM speak but he I took it as 
Long-term, Torgelson's the guy. This year, we might pick somebody up. And whether that's a stopgap because we think Torque needs another year to marinate and, and develop in the minors, or really, I don't even think it's that necessarily as much as it is just we don't want what happened last year to happen again in the sense that we don't want to look around in June and have our first baseman have an OPS in the 500s and go, oh, crap, we don't have a safety valve or an alternative option. And so I think he's going to, again, infielders, I think he's going to look at players that can play first and third or for multiple positions, first and corner outfield even. I, I, don't, I, I have a hard time believing they're going to bring in somebody. Well, no, I, I, I could. It really depends on their, their analysis and current opinion of Spencer Torkelson and how close to ready they think he is. But I think they want to go with versatility, and they clearly want lefty infield, righty outfield, and that makes total sense. Because, again, your infield is pretty much all righties right now, and your outfield is pretty much all lefties right now. So you got to play matchups a little bit better. And I love that. I love that forward thinking. It's progressive thinking. I, I'm a big fan, and I'm really excited about what type of moves they can pull off. Only other noteworthy things uh, was asked about Andrew Chafin, said that they're in contact with the agent still, said that it wasn't out of the question for him to come back. Sure. I, I mean, uh, we talked about that twice now in the last like week. So you, you can go find those episodes and, and hear us discuss, you know, what's going to happen with Chafin going forward. I don't think it's a top priority for this front office. However, if they brought him back, obviously I would welcome it because he's one of the better relievers and one of the better lefty relievers in the American league. So yeah, I'm, I'm down, but I don't think it's a, as, as high of, of a priority as maybe some people think. I don't even know if people really think it is. I just don't think it's a very high priority. Um, the other thing is, I think the only other thing I really want to talk about is Comerica Park Dimensions were brought up. And he, his exact quote uh, said, we're looking at everything. I don't have an update to share on that. I know how the pitchers feel about the Dimensions. I know how the hitters feel. And there's a strong difference of opinion between those two groups. Shocker. The pitchers love it. The batters hate it. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. That That's a, that's very much on the back burner of my brain. Uh, that is not a, a pressing issue that I think about on a daily basis. I think every single day about how this team is going to get better, how it's possible for this team to get better, what moves they could make. My brain goes a million miles an hour all the time. I have a hard time relaxing, okay? But – the Comerica Park dimensions are not one of those. We had that conversation in the middle of the season, I think. And I, I, I said, look, they could leave it. They could move it in 10 feet. I'm really okay. I'm fine with either of those. I, I will go to sleep fine. I, I don't want them moving in a ton. I don't want to be PNC Park all of a sudden and have 399 to dead center. But that, that whatever they decide, I'm, I'm going to be able to live with and be fine with. I'm, and including leaving it how it is. I'm, I'm, I like my niche deepest park in baseball field okay i'm not big against it but that is something that they're discussing clearly so something to keep in mind as the season goes on we'll see if maybe a change is made um i have a hard time believing even if it's not this season like five ten years from now that it's still the same exact dimensions that it is today but we'll see like i said on the back burner really for me and that's kind of it for his comments. Um, it, there's a huge breakdown that Cody Stavenhagen of The Athletic did um, where he, I think he 
said he emptied his notebook on GM meeting. So he just wrote down and uh, everything that happened and everything that Scott Harris talked about and broke down. So that's a great article. You can go read that. Our beat writers really are great. And, and Cody's one of the best for sure. So you can check that out if you want more of a deep dive on uh, all of his comments. Okay, so now the last order of business is Daz Cameron and Josh Lester. So this was something that was rather timely in regards to this show because we just talked about it earlier this week. Was it earlier this week? I think it was. Earlier, I think so. There's no way it was yesterday, right? No. Whatever. Uh, very recently, we talked about Josh Lester. And no, it definitely wasn't yesterday. I think it was two days ago. Regardless, um, Daz Cameron claimed off waivers by the Baltimore Orioles. Josh Lester cleared waivers out ready to AAA Toledo. Um, okay, so what does this mean? Neither of them are on the 40 man, clearly. Daz Cameron's not with the organization anymore. We'll get to that in a second. Josh Lester is still in the organization for the time being, uh, but he is no longer on the 40-man roster. He is just a he's a Toledo Mudhen, and he's not on the 40-man, and I think that it'll probably stay that way uh, for, uh, if they plan on holding on to him and then keeping him in Toledo for next season and then keeping him through this offseason. It will not be on the 40-man roster. We talked about that. He's uh, like I said, love the dude. I think his story is great. Um, but I think that he was always going to be one of the first players, uh, to get removed from the 40 man this off season. And he was, so now we get to Daz Cameron. This was one that we, we said what happened and, uh, I got, you know, people disagree with, with everything and there, and there are certainly everyone's, uh, Everyone has a right to their own opinion. Daz Cameron, look, his situation was, and I know people are gonna gonna right now in this moment. Oh my! Well, honestly, it wasn't as bad as I thought. I thought when they announced when they announced this that the fan base was gonna freak out and be like kind of similar ish to what happened uh, when they DFA Derek Hill. I think that I, I thought that that was gonna happen. And it was going to be a situation where they looked, everybody looked around, and was like, "Oh my goodness!" Like this was a uh, highly regarded prospect at one point, and oh, like he didn't get an opportunity, and all this. And I, we talked about it when we did our our analysis and our breakdown on Daz Cameron earlier this week. But I gotta say, I think that this is good for both sides. That's how I'll put it. I really like Daz Cameron, um, baseball family, Mike Cameron, one of my favorite players growing up, to be honest with you. Uh, Daz, you know, part of the Verlander trade, already kind of a target on his back because of that, and just under a microscope within this fan base. It's been – he didn't hit. That's really what it comes down to. He didn't hit. And I understand the the crowd that thinks that he should have gotten more of an opportunity at the major league level. I, I totally understand that. And I don't disagree with you, honestly. I don't. I, I agree. I agree with that. He should have gotten more of a look at the major league level in 2022. I'm with it. But he had an OPS of barely over 700 in AAA this season. 
Like, it's not like he was tearing the cover off the ball and we just had a dude that was OPSing 900 and AAA and just didn't bring him up. No, he had an over 800 OPS in 2021. But he didn't, he's never hit well at the majors at any point. And he's, we've got at bats in 2020, got some at bats in 2021, and got some at bats early on in 2022 and never hit well in, in any of his stints in the major leagues. And in January, I think, next year will be his age 26 season. And you're trying to clear 40 man roster spots. Again, there is a lot of clearing that needs to be done for all these players on the IL. And there's a lot of clearing that needs to be done for these acquisitions that are come in. And just we're trying to raise the talent level. And I wish Daz nothing but the best. I truly will always root for that kid. He played his heart out. Um, heck of a competitor. And showed up showed flashes over the years. He he showed flashes and I, I truly wish him nothing but the best and will always root for him. Um, but this is, this is it. This is the change that we talked about and that we foreshadowed. And that we, we talked about, all, you know, a month ago, a month and a half ago, we've been talking about this big change. And this is tip of the iceberg stuff. This is not, Oh, we, you know, Daz Cameron was the big, like, oh, we had to rip the Band-Aid off, and Daz Cameron's gone, and oh, that was a tough decision, but like, okay, that was the tough decision. No, there's this is the tip of the iceberg. There is a lot of people that are going to be let go from this 40-man roster or this organization in general over the next week, week and a half. I think the 18th is the non-tender deadline. And most of them probably won't even wait till that long. Baltimore, um, I think it's a decent fit, honestly. I think it's a nice opportunity for him to start fresh because it was pretty clear that he wasn't in the future plan for the Tigers because of the lack of opportunity he got at the major league level this season. I think that was that message was kind of sent. And I again, if he crushes it and ends up being a solid major leaguer good on him I, I hope so I, I truly do but I think that this was a point where both sides were ready to move on and I think that that's what happened um yeah Baltimore I, I kind of like it I really do kind of like it outfield depth for a team that's on the come up to like played competitive baseball at the at the end of the season this year I think there's some there's some room there for him to make noise, and that's outfield depth is something that that team kind of needed down the stretch too. So I'm all about it. I, I really like the fit for and, and again, I, I it was the right move for the Tigers too. Don't get it twisted. I, I think this was this was good for everybody involved, which you can't really ask for too much more than that in this world. So um, yeah, Daz Cameron, Baltimore Oriole again. I, I, it was time. It was time. Um, that leaves Jake Rogers as the only player on the 40 man from the Verlander trade, which is a totally different conversation that we're not going to rehash right now at the end of this episode. We're going to try and end positive. Um, but that trade looks, looks better and better every day. Don't it? So what to expect going forward? We'll end on that. 
Thursday, well, you can expect the mayhem to kind of start on Thursday. I think Thursday night is when you you will start seeing a lot of the stories and the mayhem start. Like after 5 p.m., like which is pitch black in Michigan now uh, outside. So uh, I think that that's, that's when you're going to start seeing a lot of noise happen and the hot stove really heat up. And then this weekend might be where some legitimate moves start happening. So exciting times. Exciting times. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. Final episode of the week. We'll send you into the weekend with something, uh, hopefully, some fun news or some big news or more moves on the 40-man or whatever. But that's what this is going to be. There's a lot of players left that still need to be trimmed off this 40-man. And even just on a basis of we need to get these players that are on the IL on the roster, you also got to trim off for new acquisitions you get and then also just players that you don't think have a future with the team that just didn't perform well. And there's plenty of those too. So buckle up because we're, we're just getting started. Believe that. We're just getting started. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check on the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Just like us. I think that's all I got. Uh, you all rock. Love talking to y'all about baseball. My favorite part of the day, every day. Peace and love. Going to therapy is dope. I'll catch y'all tomorrow, baby. Go 